Hey, Valley Sports Talk fans, Eric Sorensen here from the Kid S Valley Sports Talk crew. Guys, we are at home, middle of quarantine time. You know, we've taken a little break from the sports talk because you know what? There's no sports happening right now. But uh, through a phone call from a local guy that was on earlier, Kerry Cliff, rodeo board member, uh, just chatting with him, and, and the idea got brought up. You know, let's have let's get a hold of JJ, see if he'll come on, tell us some funny stories, and just get everybody a mental break from all this uh, negativity and and just the bad things that are happening right now, and, and give them just some time to sit back, relax, think about what the you know Ellensburg Rodeo Labor Day weekend, and and just hear some funny stories from the road. And we are so fortunate he called in, uh, threw this together last second. Sorry, John, but he'll be here for the next one, and. Uh, well, we got to thank our sponsors, Fitters Furniture, McGregor Company, and McGregor for sponsoring the rodeo ad. We're part of this. And you know what? Um, you don't need to hear me talk. Let's bring JJ on. After a brief message, we'll get to JJ Harrison, the PRCA rodeo clown that makes us all laugh here at the Ellensburg Rodeo. Access to moisture is arguably the number one factor limiting yields in our region. Hi, I'm Kat Slois, the Director of Research for the McGregor Company. Phosphorus is critical in developing deep fibrous roots, but largely ties up before ever reaching your plant. Instruct by McGregor's protects and maximizes your phosphorus investment by keeping it more plant available longer. Instruct improves nutrient efficiency, establishes larger roots earlier, and ultimately increases access to soil moisture. The results of Instruct are striking, exclusively at McGregor's. Well, Valley Sports Talk fans, we are back with our guest on a special episode. I know a lot of you people here in the Ellensburg, especially rodeo fans, know him. J.J. Harrison, the local entertainment, the guy that most people go to to watch in the rodeo arena here at Ellensburg. Thank you for joining us. Man, it's a pleasure. Thanks for having me. Well, you know, we, uh, you know, we're going through a pretty tough time right now and everybody's uh, working from home and, and I'm I'm a farmer and I have a lot of windshield time in the tractor still. And I got to thinking one day, you know, I think the, uh, I just feel like the world needs to smile a little bit and take, take an hour or so, or however long this takes to, to talk. And, and I thought, who should we call? And so I called up my friend, Carrie Cliff. And I was like, you know what, let's, let's see if JJ's willing to do this. And we were so fortunate that you were, uh, uh, willing to do this for us. Well, especially with my excruciatingly busy schedule, um, <laughs> I just let me run you through a typical day when a rodeo clown is not rodeoing. People think that we don't do anything, but I mean, I'm going to tell you right now, I was up at the crack at 1030 and, and literally I, by the time I finished coffee, it was, it was about 1130. And then, uh, then we drove, drove to, to Walmart, uh, and keeping that distance at Walmart's tough. Cause you know, and, you're a big celebrity like me. I get bombarded by the Walmart people. They just, th- that and I had four rolls of toilet paper on me, but the, the most of it was my fame. I'm pretty sure. Well, let's, uh, you know, that toilet paper thing, I can draw a heck of a crowd nowadays. I don't really understand that at all. I swear to you, if the coronavirus gave you diarrhea, people would be buying nasal spray. Like it, what in the world is the toilet paper run on and, my wife had to eat so much crow, like you don't even know. We were at Costco probably, I don't know, nine years ago, and she, I threw the, the as a joke, I put two of those huge, ginormous toilet paper things in the basket while she was pushing it around, huh? and you know, she because I torture her like that. She was like, "Get those out of there," and I'm like, "No," 
We and joke, we held the joke all the way through. Bought these things, got them home. We still have seven years of toilet paper left, and we've been working on it for two years. So we're gonna be okay. But you, you know, I, I I joke about it, but you know, it finally hit me square in the face with with you know Ellensburg's buddy and mine too, Joe Diffie. You know, to to have a guy like that, he's bigger in life, you know, and just a, a great guy, and was so good to have have this virus kill him really was sucked. And, and I became buddies with him just because of Ellensburg and, and Kerry's uh, dancing in the dirt and, and the rock in the arena and all the, you know, so it was fun to, to kind of get to become buddies again with the guy. And I'd met him before, but shoot, we were, we, we would text back and forth a lot and, and visit and, you know, and so I got, I sent him a pair of boots, God, less than three months ago. And and it, it just it really it really hit me right in the face that look we can all understand it and we can all giggle about the, the the funny stuff that's happening but at the same time we all do need to take it serious and we all need it, it, so that this ends so that this is done so we can get back to our normal lives we can get back to rodeoing absolutely you know for me that that Joe Diffie uh, concert here my daughter was. Gosh, she was a year old, just over a year, and we we didn't go down there, but we went up on the hill, Freeloader Hill, with all your fans up there, and uh, you know, you son of a, you owe us. I'm telling Cliff right now, dude. We were writing this down. This is documented in a podcast. This loafer over here owes us nineteen dollars. Absolutely, you know, rodeo. I'm down there. Okay, I'm down. We got a box. The family's got a box down there. But for that okay, one night, the one night, and my daughter, that was her first concert, and she had. I mean, she's. A little over a year, no idea, but she danced her butt off in the bed of my pickup that night to Joe Diffie, and <laughs> I just thought that was, that was kind of a bummer deal. And that, it, but the it brought me back to that memory last night. And you're right, yeah. I'm sure I'm sure I've paid Carrie back in enough beer tokens that it. it oh, you, yeah, that guy. Plus, he's one of them rich farmers, you know, them rich ranchers. It, that guy shows bulls and and wins like grand poopa of the high supreme order of. I don't even know what it is that that guy. In fact, let me tell you a story about this butthead. <laughs> I've worked, I've worked the Nile rodeo for about as long as Ellensburg, maybe even a little longer. I think I'm venturing on 10 years being there and they have a huge livestock show. Like they have a, they come from all over, not, not just Montana, but obviously uh, Washington, uh, North Dakotas or South Dakota, Wyoming's, there's, there's people that bring their cattle from all over and it's just, it's a big deal like to win the show. And so we have this thing on the road in the rodeo and I believe it's, it's Saturday night's rodeo right before the rodeo, they call it Supreme row and they bring out all of the, the little bulls or heifers or whatever it may be, whatever they're showing. Well, Cliff is there and he's got his grand poopah bull with him, you know, that wins everywhere and he, and so I'm standing there in rodeo clown outfit, man. Like I'm, in fact, it's doing the rodeo. Now to think about it, it's in the middle of the damn rodeo. And he shows up and, and he's like, here, show my bull. And I'm like, dude, I'm, I don't know anything about showing a bull. Like I showed a steer once when I was a kid in 4-H and it ran through the rabbit hutches and knocked over and killed some kid's rabbit. It was in the paper. Okay. It was in the paper. I'm not good at this. I, I'm documented, not good at this. So he's like, no, dude, dude, he, that's how he talked. Dude, dude, just do it, dude. Dude, it's so easy, dude. I'm like, what? So what do I do? And he's like, 
just hold this 2,300 pound animal, take this little stick thing that's in my right hand and just rub him right, right in front of his business. Just get down there and just real gently rub him right in front of his parts, male parts. I'm like, dude, this is weird, dude. So I do it because, you know, I don't want to get fired from Ellensburg. He pressures me into it. So we, we do this thing. We walk in this big circle and you can just see the judge is looking at me like this idiot clown thinks he can show this bull. He has no clue what he's doing. So I know right away I'm doing something wrong because it's it's me. And Carrie, the, the, the lovely thing about him is he never says, hey, this is already prejudged. You can't screw this up. He didn't say that. He never once said that. All he said was, dude, I lost because of you. Oh, I was like, is that a big deal? And he's like, well, yeah, it's grand champion. I could have been grand champion. My, I felt so bad. Like, I, and he didn't even, like, correct it in that moment. Like, I, went, I finished the rodeo out. I went in my trailer. I cried to myself. I, I watched a documentary on Michael Jordan, you know, coming back from adversity. Got myself <laughs> lifted back up. And then that butthead's like, oh, by the way, it doesn't really matter. No one really cares. I was like, Cliff, you son of a god dang. (laughs) So I'm telling you, man, don't believe everything that wingnut says. I love him to death. I I I tell you, but don't believe it. Absolutely. We know he lives he lives a mile from me down the road. And we all have to look out because here in a couple days is April Fool's Day. And that dude, oh. that's his national holiday. Yeah. He, they, he's more excited about that than Christmas. Absolutely. That and when the Cowboys win sometime. <laughs> I guess I'm going. Um, I, I didn't even know there was still a team in Texas. That's what I was. I thought they just had that big building for the the American. I didn't realize. The American, yeah. Yeah, I guess I didn't. Geraldo yeah. Jones or whatever that guy's name is. I didn't know he still owned a team. We learned, we learned something new every day. Uh, well... <laughs> Let's, uh, and, and you know, as you're telling that story of, you know, showing the bull, I'm thinking of, and I want to talk a little bit Ellensburg Rodeo, but some of my favorite memories of you, there's two of them that came out to mind. I've been thinking all day. The second one, I, it's, it's too good to, to bring up right in the row with this one. But the first one, I'm sitting there watching the rodeo and the cow milking. And all of a sudden there's no, there's one more guy to rope, but there's no more muggers, but you standing right there. And you oh, tamed that cow gosh. right down. It's like you were showing, like, you know what you're doing. Did you, wasn't that crazy? Like, and here's the backstory on that. I made a joke that day. I was over there. I just, I love hanging out with all the muggers. And of course, McKee, he don't got a list about nothing up there. So he's always like, here comes uh, the guy with blue gloves. Get his name, JJ. So I know I got to be there to get names and make sure everybody's organized. Because if there's one group that's unorganized, believe me, it's uh, cow milkers. And so... I made the joke, okay, what if we're one short? You guys want me just to jump in? <laughs> then all of a sudden, that kid comes out, boom, ropes his cow, nice, beautiful, dallies up and looks over at all of us, and I'm looking around like, dude, I, I, I guess it's me. So off I went, man. And then we, uh, yeah, we, we did well, too. Like, we placed our, maybe one that day. I don't even know. We. I, but the weird thing is I, I got over there and that old cow started to fight a little bit and I just held the rope with one hand. And for some reason 
I think the cowboy gods know how bad I am with cattle. And as soon as I put my hand on that nice, gentle beast, she quieted down. She didn't move a muscle. He milked her. I kissed her on the nose, and we all parted ways safely. It was so crazy. I I remember watching that because I think a year prior, I, my father-in-law and I did it, and he caught, and I got drugged from where the muggers stand <laughs> all the way to the Gold Buckle Club. And I got to thinking, you got to be kidding me. That's yeah, ridiculous. I know. <laughs> that's... Dude, everybody, everybody sent me Facebook messages. How did you drug that cow? How did you know? What did you do? Did you have a syringe in your wrist? What did you do? And I was like. I watched Crocodile Dundee like 700 times when I was a kid. I, I, that thing down to the ground. That's just, that's all I can say. I am, I am JJ Dundee. I thought I saw you doing that right before then. That, that is funny. And you know, I, and I want you to elaborate on more of your, your stories after this one. But the other one that I thought was such a cool moment, and it was a year that he got inducted into the Hall of Fame, was when you and, and uh, Flint were, did the act together. Oh yeah, that was that was this last year when Flint came and Flint got inducted in the Hall of Fame. I'm not there yet, right, but right. he, uh, you know, we it's such a weird deal because a lot of my career has has been, hey, do you know Flint? You like Flint? You dance like Flint? You're you're this like Flint? Flint? I hear Flint's name so much. For the first five years, I just wanted to murder him. You know, I was like, I don't. I'm just me. I'm sorry that it reminds you of somebody, but the reality of it is. That guy was an innovator, and that dude set a mark. And if people think that I'm in the same area as Flint, I think that's a great compliment. And, you know, I certainly don't try to imitate, uh, but if you're going to emulate somebody, that's that's a great guy to do. And I've had guys do it to me. Um, there's a lot of guys that, that run around now wearing bell boots, throwing footballs, packing fun noodles, and get into fat suits. And that's kind of my thing. But, you know, when a guy does that, I don't look at it as, as hey, he's trying to steal something that's mine. I look at it as he's trying to bring it to, 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 to my level. You know, he wants to entertain at my level. So I take it as a compliment. And I think I've become really good friends with Flint over the years. And, you know, I, I've, I've told him the same stuff. You know, man, I'm going to kill you. You're, God, I'm sick of your name and blah, blah, blah. But the reality is, you know, I have a massive amount of respect for him. And so... When Ellensburg came, we did it. We did it in St. Paul too. St. Paul, Oregon. He was in the Hall of Fame, and you know he's so gracious, and he's just like, "Look, man, I don't want to get in the arena. I don't want to step on your toes. I don't want to do something." But but yet at the same time, dude, you have to. There is no way you can be there and not. And and maybe those guys that aren't like me that would that would feel like he was stepping on our toes or something. But I've never felt that way. And Flint will tell you this every time he's even near. I drag him into the arena somehow because people love him. They want to see him. And it's, it's not definitely not threatening to me. And we had a, uh, an idea where it was like, you know, let's pick on this homeless guy. Like Ellsworth, you know, it might be six homeless people in the whole camp, but whatever. I found one and we wanted to drag him out and then just have him break loose. And then eventually we wanted it to, to reveal but the, you know, the big reveal was that we're going to get some Michael Jackson music going and Flint's going to bust out and do his thing. And, you know, it couldn't have been better, but so much of that was a, a it was a joint effort. You know, it, it, people were like, what you did with Flint? And I was like, that's what Flint and I did with each other. You know, Flint was, was amazing with that. And, you know, when you, as soon as that reveal happened, you know, I've, I told him he should mic up. You know, I, I wanted him to have a microphone and be able to talk to the crowd for a minute. And he, he, he really didn't want to do that. And, uh, 
you know, I think that's just an entertainer's respect. And, and I would be the exact same way. And that's, that's why I think this, um, you know, hopefully someday I'm or looked back on with positive thoughts and I'm invited to a rodeo. And, you know, if the clown wants to do something with me, I'd be the same way. You know, I'd want to be in front of people. I'd want to do my little dance, come out in a suit, whatever. But then I want to tip my hat and sell it and, and, and really just thank the Ellensburg people, the Ellensburg crowd. And when I say Ellensburg crowd, you know, as much as I do, that's a Seattle crowd. That's a Montana crowd. That's a North Dakota. That's a Switzerland crowd. People come from all over the globe to watch the Ellensburg rodeo. It's that good. People are just drawn to it. And it's, it's more than a rodeo. It's pageantry. It's, um, you know, to, to have the big boom and the Indians come off the hill it, to, to have the big circle dance. I mean, nowhere in my contract does it say I have to go out there and dance pre-rodeo. And I do it every single time, not because it's something I'm told I should do, but because it's something I want to do. I feel so lifted up by that experience, you know, and, and I think it's, it's amazing. Ellensburg and OMAC Washington are the two rodeos that I think just absolutely try to captivate and, and Pendleton does a good job too, but um, really try to lift uh, the, the Native American culture. And I like that. Well, and I think that just goes to show, you know, when you do things like that, that's, that means you love what you're doing. That's, it's, that's true. That's true. And how cool is that? And so, you know, what are some other stories from Ellensburg that you can, I'm trying to think back on some ones too, but just, you know, some um, fun times. You know, uh, <laughs> Shade him in one time, Kelly Shade him. The year he was the president, he didn't. He didn't. He probably doesn't want this said, but he rides a horse a lot like like a six hundred pound drunk man. And so he was like, "Dude, I don't want to try and run in the opening." And blah, blah, blah. and so we was joking about. It. And I said, well, "We'll make a joke then. I'll just steal your horse. I'll come booking out as the president. I'm Kelly Shade but everybody will know it's JJ." I come whipping along there, and I mean, I am going to be booting this horse. I'm going to be flying. So for a minute, people are going to be like, man, Shademan's on it. So I was going to zoom along the crowd, and I mean, I did. I was even reaching out, high-fiving people. I'm wide out, ripping around. Finally, Justin goes, that's not Shademan. That's J.J. Harris. And blah, 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 blah. So I come to a stop. And what we were going to do was Shademan was going to come out, and he was going to act like he was mad about it or whatever, and then – I was going to get off the horse and he was going to get on the horse and then trot it out. And then he would tip his hat at that point. Right. It'd be a funny little way to not have to ride the horse in the grand entry. That dude comes out. I reach down to, to like high five him or something. He grabs me by my arm and throws me off the horse. I land in a pile of crap. I mean, I mean, I am just boom. I think the first thing that landed was my shoulder. And I'm like, dude, are you really mad at me? This was a gag. This was a joke. Oh, yeah, sorry. Shaderman, <laughs> <laughs> good grief. Oh, uh, my, my kids love Ellensburg, and I would love to say it's the production. I'd love to say it's Justin McKee. It's the bullfighters. It's the amazing rodeo clown. That's right. But, it, but it's not. My kids love Ellensburg because there's free unlimited ice cream. And I don't know who the hell is in charge of that, but they are so hopped up on sugar by the end of the weekend, they will eat 700 pounds of ice cream a piece. And it's, I mean, it's amazing. The, the hospitality 
that the Ellsberg Rodeo does for the contestants, for the contract personnel, is second to none. They go above and beyond. There's a tent with food in it all the time. So contestants show up late. There's still something to eat. There's still a place to go. And and the unlimited ice cream. Oh, my gosh. That and that hillside. They love to play on that hillside. Um, you know, Donnie Griggs is, boy, Hadley, he, he and Huck have been palling around on that hillside for years. And just, it's, it's fun to watch them grow up there. You know, they're, they're just growing up rodeoing and growing up doing America's first extreme sport. And you think, this is a great way for my kid to get to interact with other people, learn about other people, um, and have fun. In terms of rodeo itself, man, there's so many. This last year, um, you know, when the bull broke free and just freight trained me, that was, I know, fun for people. Um, it, it, it about knocked me cold. Like, it, it hit me pretty hard. And, and so... And I didn't get my head all the way down either. You can see in the video, my glasses go blowing out of there and, you know, whatever. But uh, I've, I've just loved every minute of Ellensburg's rodeo. And, you know, people will say um, sometimes, you know, a rodeo, once a bareback riding starts, a rodeo's a rodeo. Well, you know, all the same events, a lot of the same contestants. But what makes Ellensburg different is the people that produce and put on this rodeo. There is not a better group of guys. And, you know, anytime you put that many barn cats in one barn, they're, they're going to go at each other occasionally. But what's amazing is the way that they get everything done that they need to do. And they produce, I think, one of the world's greatest rodeos. And the way they do it is, is by working together. Everybody has a job. They know their job. They do their job. And if somebody doesn't get it all the way done, there's somebody right there helping them out. And that, that's that says a lot about a rodeo. Absolutely. And you know, uh, I know growing up here, I've never missed a, a weekend through 4-H and whatnot and sticking around. And, and so I was thinking about it today. I'm like, you know, uh, what questions to ask you. And, and the next one I had come up in my mind, and it's going to lead into another one after that. But how many rodeos a year do you do? Um, well, this year it will be far less. Right. Um, <laughs> I started my year, um, uh, just to answer your question, last year, I think, after I did taxes, I usually figure it all out. I think it was 38 weekends. Okay. Um, so 38 weekends, I was booked. Um, and then sometimes it's been in the 40s, but those are, you know, when I get booked, it's some, sometimes it's a speaking engagement, you know, or I'll do school assemblies. Um, you know, so I just, I don't, I don't know exactly how many rodeos I do every year. I can. I could look it up and find it, but I'm pretty dang booked. Like right now I was supposed to be working all of March, all of April, every weekend, all the way through the end of October without a weekend off. And then I think we had one event in November and then the NFR, I host, host a party at the MGM grand. So I'm down there for, you know, 15, 16 days in Vegas uh, in December. So I'm, I'm very, very booked. You know, I, I don't have, People always ask me, they're like, well, do you know such and such? Or do you know this guy in Walla Walla? Or is he? If I don't know him from when I was teaching school in Walla Walla, I probably don't know him because I'm, I'm rarely home. Right. You know, I have, a, I have a house in Walla Walla, but I don't live there. So that leads me to my next question because I played, I played Division II baseball and the very low budget. We bust everywhere. I mean, it was the 15-hour bus ride to Billings. It was a 16-hour bus ride to Chico, California. But yeah. it was some of the most fun times I ever had. And, you know, rodeo is no different in the fact that you guys are on the road constantly. So I guess, you know, talk about the life on the road as a rodeo clown and, and just 
following everything around and some of the fun times you've had? You know, the, the road is you either love it or you hate it. And, and, and there's times when, uh, you, you know, you can do both of those things on the same drive. It's, it's one of those jobs where driving across the country isn't the fun part. Well, here's, here's what I always tell people. They always ask me what the most dangerous part of my job is. And I always say it's getting from rodeo to rodeo. Um, that, that is the most dangerous. Being out on the road is going to have, uh, you know, everything from, from blown tires, blown engines, blown up trucks, tra- trailers, breaking loose. I mean, all kinds of crazy stuff that happens out on the road. But it's, it's also, I mean, I have seen so many magical sunrises. Um, I've watched the sun come up over the Rockies at, at 5.30 in the morning, 4.30 in the morning. Um, I've been in, in the Midwest and had sunsets that are uh, just blow your mind. And, you, you know, sometimes when we stay home, we don't see that kind of stuff. And so I've tried to push uh, over and over again how, how great I think the road is for my kids growing up. You know, I think them getting to see that. You know, we do, we, we go to Sheridan, Wyoming. Well, guess what? The Battle of Little, Little Bighorn is right next to Sheridan. So if you don't take the time to stop at these brown signs, you're missing out. When I first started rodeo, and I, this is probably the direction I should go with this, it, I, I drove rodeo to rodeo. It was how quickly I could get there. Um, and, you know, I'd get set up a day early, or I'd, you know, and now – now I'm like, you know, I can show up day of and still be able to do my job, and I'm comfortable with that. But I still try to get there a little early. But the reality is, if there's something cool on the drive, we're stopping. We're going to check it out. And so if there's a brown sign, and I'm a junkie for it, uh, we, we go check it out. I've been to Yosemite four times now in my life. I never would have done that had I not been rodeoing in Sonora, California. And, you know, my wife's a photographer, so we love it. You know, we we absolutely adore Yosemite and in fact if you do the math my daughter is uh two months old and Sonora is right about nine months yeah <laughs> all right <laughs> my wife is glaring at me right now <laughs> but it's I mean I'm just saying if it was a boy we'd have named him Yosemite that's hilarious but you know that that's probably the great part about the road you know and and like you you had camaraderie with your team rolling in a bus. You didn't have to do the driving, which would be not mm-hmm. is, you know, um, I do, I do want to thank, um, Steve jobs and, and Bill, uh, Bill Gates for inventing iPads and screens to put in front of my kids because the, I'm <laughs> one time we drove, this is no joke. It was just me and Huck. We were driving to Estes Park, Colorado from Walla Walla, 16, 17-hour drive. We take off. We drive straight, only stopping for fuel. We get to Estes Park. We roll in, and I'm getting out. We're getting unloading stuff, and I'm getting ready to put things in the trailer. And my son's like, Dad, hang on a second. I want to finish this movie. I'm like, well, how much more? There's only a half hour left. So rather than at the end of that drive, get out, want to run around, want to move, he wanted to sit in the truck another half hour to finish his movie. I'm like, this is the power of screen. Remember, we used to have to do that stupid license plate game or colors of cars or those stupid games our family told us was fun. Those weren't fun. No. Our parents were just really good salesmen. Yes, that's exactly (laughs) right. They sold it right. That's right. 
Well, JJ, this has been a lot of fun. I'll let you get back to your family, but uh, thank you so much. And, and hopefully we can have you on again here as things get to rolling back. And I know John Gudat, the reporter for the rodeo here in town's a part of this, but he's at home right now, but uh, hopefully we can get you back on here when rodeo's back and going and, and we truly appreciate you joining us today. No problem, man. Anytime. Well, thank you, Valley sports fans. We until next time, we'll talk to you soon. Your new sofa doesn't need to look like everybody else's new sofa. Let the professionals at Fitterer's Furniture in Ellensburg help you design your own Bassett Custom Upholstered Furniture. Your sofa, your way. Exactly what you had in mind when you started shopping because you took the short drive to visit Fitterer's and found the furniture you've been looking for, along with great service and free delivery. Why wait? Fitterer's Furniture in Ellensburg. Quality furniture since 1896. Check us out online, too. Fitterer's. Fitterer's.